Welcome to Random Rambling and Rhetoric with TJ Mercer. That's my TT. And it's all powered by the Samsung Notes. Now, here's my TT. I just loves me some porta potties, said no one ever. I don't know about you, but the ickiest thing on the planet is when I am forced to use a porta potty. I try to hold my bladder until the last possible minute. And what about nasty public restrooms? Ew, public restrooms plus kids. Parents, what do you do as soon as you take them to a public bathroom? You make them hold up their hands and forbid them to touch anything. Then you get in the stall, there's no toilet paper or seat cover, you handle your business, come out, and then there's no soap or paper towels. Lord, how much of Jesus is just not a good situation all around. Fortunately, though, fortunately, there's the restroom kit, a full bathroom solution the size of a lightweight deck of cards. A deck of cards, y'all. I keep one in my purse all the time just because it's complete with a full patented oversized toilet seat cover, enough toilet paper to cover the essentials, plus wet wipes for your tushy and your hands. The restroom kit is a don't leave home without a necessity for your road trips, you going camping, the beach, festivals, basically any restroom that ain't yours. Even that friend of yours who's cleaning is not their strong suit. You know what I mean. So pop on over and visit therestroomkit.com. That's therestroomkit.com. And when you use the code RAMBLINGS, R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-S, you will get 15% off your purchase. So stop going to the bathroom without the full protection you need. Go get the restroom kit at therestroomkit.com. This is day 23. I am TJ Mercer. I'm known as the walking exclamation point, which means I teach authors, experts, coaches, and entrepreneurs how to book themselves in the media without a publicist and without being a celebrity. Uh, for the month of August, though, I have a whole other assignment. I am called to essentially be your Moses. Because for this season, God told me I had to go back to my storyteller roots and go live every day because he had some people he had to come. He was sending me to come get people like Patrice and Tish and Negus and Dolly and, and Audrey and Yvette and Laz and Terrell and uh, Elsie, I'm trying to think who else names I see on a regular basis. Like y'all, y'all, when he told y'all to hook y'all trains to my caboose, y'all took that same thing seriously. Even my own mama is showing up every day. My own mama who can't stand the sound of my voice most days. My own mama who want me to just shut up sometimes and then <laughs> that I get on her nerves. So she been walk walking with us almost every day, except for the week that she had with the grandkids. And so it is my honor, my pleasure, my joy, my delight to spend this time with you and to watch God really um, show up magnificently. And <laughs> Melissa says, choo-choo, <laughs> uh, to show up magnificently in your lives. And I'm trying to think, is there something I want to say before we eat? I'm trying to think, did I have everything I wanted to say before we eat? Um, no. All right. So let's see. Where are we going today? So here's this how it's going to run. Um, 
I'm going to walk you down. Our acronym for tonight is REST because we're talking about rest and what that really looks like. And then our special guest, our special guest is going, I'm going to go through the R, the E, and the S. And our special guest is going to come. And then I'm going to come back and hit you with the T. All right. So I, I'm, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So um, let's start with so the message is going to be sh uh, shaped around four steps to get your rest up. Get your rest up. I should have spelled it how I really spelled it. Hold on. Let me let me fix that because I, I need it to be consistent of how I talk. Uh, four steps to get your rest up. That's what we're going to be talking about. All right. So we're going to hook. We're going to start. And uh, let me think because we've been hooking into a line, uh, a letter of purpose every day and I'm trying to remember is this no this one I don't think this one is not necessarily hooking directly into purpose this is where we get to rest and then we're gonna pick up purpose tomorrow that's what we're gonna do because God is funny like that all right so let's go to Luke 8 22 through 23 Luke 8 22 to 1 day Jesus said to his disciples, "Let us go over to the other side of the lake." So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he took a nap. Like he legit took a darn nap. Jesus, the son of God, the individual that was being baptized and the skies opened up and the Holy Spirit descended on him and said, this is my son whom I am well pleased. He still took a nap. This is the man who had healed so many people and was raising folks from the dead. And so we know he walked with a supernatural presence and yet he still took a nap. He still took a nap. Just, like, I'm saying that because I need y'all to let that sink in. Because the point of the night is that we get so busy and so into our goals and what we're supposed to be achieving and it's like we press through and, you know, pull all nighters and then we're all team no sleep. And the man who walked this earth, who was the dopest among us, who we don't even, we, don't, we can't even fit in his category. He took a nap. But then where'd he get it from? Let's go over back to Genesis 1. Starting at the very beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, he created it all. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, boom, let there be light. Duh, and there was light. God saw that light. He saw it was good. He's like, yo, I'm the bomb. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and he called the darkness night. Process. Remember, we talked about process. And there was evening and there was morning, the first day process. He started to put the process into place. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So I'm going to put another process in place. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. And it was so. God called the vault sky and there was evening and there was morning the second day. He putting in the work and God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, not two, not three process and let dry ground appear. Like boom, instantaneous dry ground. Bam. There you are, baby. And it was so God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters. He called seas 
and God saw that it was good. He's feeling himself now. God feeling himself now. He's like, oh yeah, this is coming together. Wait till they see what I got for them. Then God said, let the land produce vegetarian, more process, vegetation, vegetarian, vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds, process. And it was so the land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds of trees, bearing fruit with seed in it, bearing fruit with seeds in it. So fruit is going to be able to produce more fruit process. And God saw that it was the bomb. And there was evening and there was morning. Third day. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky. It's like, it's not enough that I'm going to create the sky, but I'm going to put some light. I'm I'm going to do, I'm going to just make, I'm going to accessorize. That's what it was. I'm going to accessorize the sky. Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights. I'm going to give y'all two. That's how much I love y'all. I ain't going to hit you with one. I'm going to give you two great lights. The greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. Process. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was, that was good too. That was good. And there was evening and there was morning. Fourth day. Hey, Miss T. And God said, let the water team with living creatures more process and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teams and that moves about in it according to their own kinds. Not in just a, 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 a frivolous way. There was a plan. There was a process according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and the and there was morning, day five. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so, Miss Mary. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw it was. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image. Uh-oh. He's saving the best for last in our likeness, our, our likeness, our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky of the light. Process over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. I just forgot to, hold on. I forgot to pin the comment for um, Instagram. So God created mankind. Okay, I said that. And female, he created them. 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, get busy. And increase in number. Have special fellowship. Go make some babies. Fill in the earth and subdue it. To do it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves onto the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. 
and to all the beasts, all of them beasts, y'all see them, all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. Verse 31, God saw all that he had made. <laughs> he, he knew. <laughs> God, you know, God was feeling himself. I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling myself. He was popping his collar because it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus, chapter two, thus the heavens and the earth were completed. They were completed in all their vast array. And by the seventh day, God had finished. He finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. It comes from the Hebrew word, cease, stop. He stopped his work. So Jesus is over in the New Testament taking naps and God is setting the, the, the trend, the pattern. At some point, the work has to stop and hence our modern day version of the Sabbath because work stopped. It, it didn't say he did nothing else. He, he, he may, on the eighth day, gone back and sprinkled all the beautiful colors of the peacock. And he may have been walking around on the eighth day after he rested. And, and we clear, God, God is God. He don't have to rest. Like he ain't tired. He didn't rest because he was tired. He rested because he just stopped. And so maybe in my mind's eye, in my imagination, of how I create stores, maybe he just needed to step away from the work. He needed to stop. So he reset and then he decided, you know what? That that lion, it would be cool if that lion went roar. And he saw a, a, a cat and he's like, you know what? That They're tiny. They they need more of a meow. And then he saw a Rottweiler and was like, you know what? I'm going to add a little sound to that. Roof, roof, roof. I ain't saying that that's what happened. I'm just saying that's what happens in my imagination because on the seventh day, whatever he did, it was a reset. It was a stop. Pop over to John 7 and 10. This is Jesus. He was with his brother. So however, after his brothers had left for the festival, he went also not publicly, but in secret. And so we're talking about rest and we're also talking about like solitude. So it's a combination of both because in rest, they're in solitude, there should be kind of rest. And so when I looked this up, it, it was saying that this was like a, a five mile journey, a five day journey that Jesus took by himself in solitude. That's five days of just him being with his God. And the only movement he's really doing is just going from A to B. So essentially his work stopped. So the R of rest. And, and remember, these are all shaped around what Peter is watching and observing Jesus do. Because remember, Peter is on his way to having the mantle passed to him. So we're, we're discussing all the things that Peter got an up close personal seat to with Jesus. And so Peter has to remind himself that God rested he ceased the work and Jesus took naps. So, so should you, Bert. Get you a good nappy nap in. Set aside time where work stops. My mother, we laughed yesterday about her um, being in retirement. Work stopped until she got a job that she didn't even 
apply for. She volunteered herself into a job, apparently. But there was a, 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 a window of about two weeks where work stopped. Audrey, you got to make sure you continue to love naps. There's scriptural precedent for naps. Genesis 37, 5 through 8, uh, 5 through 28. Pay attention to what I say, not what's on the screen. Go, go back to Luke. My bad. I must have typed it and didn't save it. And so it's still holding on to uh, uh other day. So fortunately, I wrote it here. Go to Luke 4, 442. My bad, y'all. Please give me grace. Early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place, solitude. The crowd searched everywhere for him. And when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. I want you to pick up the, the first part of the sentence. Early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. Now I want you to bounce over to Luke 5, 15 through 16. But despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Lock in the 16, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer, solitude. Now dance your way over to Luke 22. I don't know what verse right now. Hold on, I gotta go find the verse. Which one we were looking at? Uh, oh, I think I know which one. Okay, yeah. Um, go to Luke 22, yes, 2239. 2239. Then, so they've had the Last Supper. They are together. Uh, Peter, uh, the Peter is, and, and the disciples are together. And um, uh, Jesus has told Peter, you're going to deny me. So this is after they, they, they bellies are full. They've had a lot of wine. They're feeling tipsy. They're trying to process that Jesus told him once again, he's going to have to go die. And not only is he going to die, he's going to suffer. So this is what happens after that. Then, accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs went, room and went, as usual, to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not give in to temptation. I want you to hook into, he left the upstairs room and went, as usual, to the Mount of Olives. So this was a regular thing for Jesus. As usual, and some translations say he went to his usual spot. But however you look at it, we can tell that this was a regular thing for Jesus. And then I want you to pop over to John 710. John 710. You see, I look like my mama with these glasses on Tish. Mama, I'm cuter though, right though, Tish? I'm cuter. Um, oh, this is a repeat. But after his brothers left for the festival, Jesus also went, though secretly, staying out of public view. Okay, so I changed it up. So that's the same thing, that he, he chose solitude. So the E of rest is established. Peter is watching Jesus establish a routine and a flow that works for your rhythm. Early the next morning, he often went into the wilderness, wilderness to pray. You could always find Jesus still being connected. Remember on our prayer day, we talked about 
Jesus set the example. He's God. He's he's God's son. And he still was finding solitude in prayer. There were things that he had to do that he would have to step away sometime to just be by himself. So what is your routine, Audrey? What is your routine, Elsie? What is your routine, Tish? That you have to establish. Because we, we're watching this. We're watching Jesus establish his routine. My routine now is if I know I really got to pray, we, I'm going in the closet. It used to be I would jump in the shower. But my, my routine now, my routine is that I got, I got to go in the closet. In the, when y'all hear me say in the closet, it means something totally different these days. In the closet for me. What is your routine, Patrice? What's your routine, Bert? It's good when he rolling with the disciples. Don't get me wrong. But there's assignments on your lives that's going to require you to have that routine that before you can do anything, before you can respond to that first email. And I'm, I'm not saying you got to be the type that, you know, because y'all think y'all better than those of us who actually grab their cell phone uh, when they wake up. But y'all ain't going to pray for the rest of the day. But you, you got to make sure you are carving time out in your routine that is all about rest and solitude. Matthew 4, 1 through 13. What? Is this? I wrote... That ain't right. For some reason, it's just, it, it doesn't seem like it's saving. It didn't save my scriptures, y'all. So we got to wing it. Um, Let me pull up my other. My bad, y'all. Because on this one, I didn't. Uh... I'm sorry, for some reason it just didn't save. So I gotta go find, refine the script. Oh, hold on. I know what it is. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Matthew, no, oh, that's right. No, no, no. 14. I'm looking at the wrong thing. No, I, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. It's Matthew 14. I pulled up on I pulled up four on my tablet, but it's Matthew 14, not four. My bad. It's correct. It's correct. Okay. I ain't crazy. I'm like, dang T, you are messed up all wrong tonight. Um, 14, Matthew 14, one through 13. Give me grace. Give me grace. When Herod Antip and okay, he know his name. The ruler of Galilee heard about Jesus. He said to his advisors, this must be John the Baptist raised from the dead. And remember John the Baptist is Jesus first cousin or second cousin. Like, well, no, Mary and Elizabeth, the first cousin. So this is John and Jesus are like second cousins, but John paved the way for Jesus. John baptized Jesus. So Jesus has a special, special affinity for John the Baptist. Verse three, for Herod had arrested and imprisoned John as a favor to his wife Herodias, the former wife of Herod's brother, Philip. John had been telling Herod, it is against God's law for you to marry her. And Herod wanted to kill John for telling him the truth. But he was afraid of a riot because all the people believed John was a prophet. But at a birthday party for Herod, Herodias' daughter performed a dance that greatly pleased him. So he promised with a vow to give her anything she wanted. At her mother's urging, the girl said, I want the head of John the Baptist on a tray. Like, dude, really? That's just brutal. 
Then the king regretted what he had said, but because of the vow he had made in front of the guests, he issued the necessary orders. So John was beheaded in the prison and his head was brought on a tray and given to the girl who took it to her mother. Later, John's disciples came for his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus what had happened. Verse 13, as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. So we're seeing once again, Jesus' humanity. The man who paved the way for him, the man who baptized him. And I'm wondering, did he necessarily know this part of the plan? Because remember, we've talked about that Jesus was constantly going to God for instruction. So I'm wondering, like, was he fully aware of this part of the plan? But he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. Pop over to Mark 6, 30-32. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Verse 31, Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. There's that word, rest. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. They put in the work. And Jesus knew they put in the work. Verse 32, so they left my boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. Solitude with his boys. Mark 9, verse 2. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up to a high mountain to be alone. So he's alone with his inner circle boys. So the S. You got to steal away for quality time, for grief, and for anything that you need, be willing to walk away. And a lot of times you see that it's Jesus setting the boundary and walking away from the crowd, from them. It's not them giving Jesus his time. But Jesus setting up the boundary. That recognizing that for him to be effective. He needs his solitude. So with that said. It is my honor, my joy, my privilege to have one of my most successful media mavericks join me. This woman has gone, she became one of my media mavericks and she took everything I taught her and she went beast mode. She is all over the place. She's a physician, she's a researcher, she's a media maverick, she's a child of God. She's a regular expert in the space of 
this whole thing called rest. And so when Jesus, when Jesus, when God told me and downloaded, we're going to talk about rest. I'm like, I can't even do it justice. So let me see if I can bring the woman who can do it just and have looked at the idea of rest in every shape, form and fashion. So when she said, yes, I knew this was a God thing. So it is my pleasure, my privilege, my honor, my joy, my delight to bring to you none other than Dr. Sandra Dalton Smith. Hey. Yes, 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 yes. Hey, Dr. Sandra. I've been sitting here listening, just getting full. <laughs> Yay. I'm so glad to glad to have you. So I'm gonna just, I'm gonna sit back and let you share what's on your heart. So as I said, she's the author of Sacred Rest. And I'm going to put up the site in a minute. Uh, but I want you guys to just take in what she has to say. Um, this woman has, you know, sponsors clamoring over her for her podcast, you know. So she really is the real deal. Well, you know, I wouldn't bring you anybody who I didn't think is the real deal. So, Dr. Sandra, I'm going to let you have the floor and you teach what you want to teach and what God has put on your heart to teach. In the, You've been here some night. She's been here. Uh, several nights. And so she knows we're in Peter. And I remember when I asked her, when I talked to her, I said, I don't know. Hopefully you can tie it to Peter. She's like, oh no, I already know what I'm going to say. I already know. So I'm just like, have at it. So I'm going to just enjoy handing over the floor to you and let you pour into my tea lights. Yeah. Yes. So I want to start, start with specifically with what you mentioned regarding Genesis. Because I think um, that's really where you have to start with rest. I think for a lot of people, when we look at that scripture, and I'm glad that you said this, that God does not need rest. You know, God, if you look at the scripture, it says he never slumbers or sleeps. Exactly. So Jesus in the man form is, is giving us an example, but God never has to sleep. And so when we look at just those very first chapters in the Bible, and as you stated, I'm, and I love that you read the whole thing. Because what happens is people go straight to that, that seventh day without looking at the context of what happened before it and what happened after it. Because as you stated, on the sixth day, animals were created. Then man was created. And then we hear that it says God rested. Well, when I was writing Sacred Rest, one of the very first things God had me do was spend a year in Genesis. And you know, uh, when you're in a book, that you feel like you know everything that you should know about. I mean, Genesis and the creation story we've been hearing about since what? Um, vacation Bible? Genesis. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, what else is there for me to know about this story? Mm -hmm. Well, my, my pride had me sitting in that chapter for an entire year until I got the point. And it was during a time when I was looking at that, that Holy Spirit kind of walked me through this process of, we know that man was created on the sixth day. And God, it says God rested on the seventh day. What was man doing on the seventh day? Mm, good. Because it doesn't actually talk about work being done right. until after that. The sixth day man was created. God spoke into them. And they weren't even the first thing created. Animals were created first, as you mentioned. And then man was created. He, he commissioned them, spoke into them, gave, told them who their identity was, what their job on the earth is to do. Then before any of that work was to ever be done, they spent their first full day on the earth in a day of rest. With Come God. on now. Come now, on, Dr. Sandra. That, that's completely the opposite of how the world works. The world tells you you have to work to earn your rest. Whereas the scriptural principle of that is we are to work from a place of rest. 
Come on when you're now. doing God work, it shouldn't feel like you're always pouring out of your emptiness. And that's what many of us are doing. We're trying to get on top. We're trying to be the bomb. We're trying to do go beast mode. And we think to do that, that we have to always be drained. And so we're trying to be the expert, trying to be the CEO from our emptiness. And that is never going to produce anything godly. Wait, let me absorb that. <laughs> you trying to be the CEO from your emptiness. Yes. And so how are you going to no. pour into anybody else? And so that's the thing. We, we, there's so much potential in God's people, but they're living in a place of depletion. And so because they refuse to fill up and they call it godly that they are staying depleted, because isn't it godly to just sacrifice yourself to the bone where you don't, you don't give yourself any rest? Does that even make any sense? That, that's not even what Jesus showed. Because the thing is, for you to give out of your best, to live an abundant life, means you're pouring out of your fullness. Doesn't mean everything's great. You can be full and still be going through stuff. And so you have to understand that really that whole principle of rest, it is not only for you, but it's for what you're called to do. You cannot give your best from a place of empty. And that's where most of us are starting at. You said that, I was like, oh, she's going into Genesis. That's perfect. Because none of this plan, like, because I didn't know what I was, how I was going to deal with rest until last night. So y'all, this is straight, like, not we, I didn't give her no instructions. All I said was, (laughs) if you can connect it to Peter, we good. But I didn't even tell her that was mandatory. So understand, none of this was planned. This is coming straight off the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, because that's the thing. The enemy, for most people who are believers, the enemy doesn't try to tell you, he he doesn't hit us as much with the identity. He starts off there trying to tell you who you're not and what you can't do. But after you've made up in your mind that you can do it and you're not going to listen to that lie, then the next thing he does is he just steals all your time and your energy. Mm. Then you can't do it. (laughs) And so he's still winning in that situation. And so you have to understand there's some warfare that goes on with rest. Oh, easy. We've got rest wrapped up into this thing that it just means I'm going to lay on the sofa and watch Netflix and chill out and whatever. But rest is really about restoration. It's about pouring back into the places that you are pouring out, pouring back into where God is trying to keep you full so that you can then give up your best in that area. And I think the thing is we have to be aware and what I spend my time researching and talking about that you mentioned are about those seven types of rest. Because I think for a lot of people, they don't understand that there are different types of rest. So they lump it all over into this one big category. I'm going to rest, meaning I'm just going to stop doing stuff or I'm just going to take a nap. And they're not understanding that rest is about restoration. It's about restoring the places that are getting broken down. It's rebuilding the foundations, the walls of what we use to do the work God's called us to do. So if that work is social, you're talking to people, you're having to think creatively, you're having to use your mental capacity, you're having to use your physical body. Every one of those are a type of rest that you need to be mindful of. How do I get more poured back into those places where I'm pouring out every day? Woo! Now, as with Peter, when you mentioned that, the thing that came to mind, and it's, and I know, I think you were talking specifically when I was listening to that about the water walking. 
kind of mm-hmm. the, that process of getting on the water and walking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I, when I was reading I, at the time, you mentioned that to me and you asked if I'd be willing to come on. The thing that I was at the time dealing with myself was what happens when God calls you into deep water? Uh, because some of us, we're comfortable. You have to think about this with Peter. You know, Peter was a fisherman. Yep. So you have to understand that he probably knew a little bit about water. Now, these are things that the Bible you know, This may be a little bit. He probably didn't know a lot yeah. about water. I mean, no. we, we, don't, we don't know. I mean, we don't know if he could swim. We don't right. know all those facts. I mean, the Bible doesn't give us that kind of detail. But I mean, would you be out on the water if you didn't know how to swim? Like hey, as your, your regular job? You know, that just doesn't sound reasonable. So a part of me has to feel like he had to know how to swim. And so when you know how to swim, then there's a part of you that starts feeling like, well, I know this aspect of it, even if I don't know that realm of it. You know, I know this portion, even if I don't know that portion. And I feel like so many of us, we have gotten to a place in our walk with God that just like when we first start learning how to swim, we've gotten comfortable with kind of the shallow end of Jesus. We're comfortable with the shallow end of Jesus. So I'm okay with praying for you, but I'm not okay with laying hands on you because that might be going too far. I'm okay with, you know, saying, you know, this, this affirmation of what I believe, but I'm not, I'm not okay with spiritual warfare because that might be going too far. That's the deep end. And we have to understand that to get with water walking, you have to get, you have to be comfortable with the deep end of things. They weren't on the shore. They were out into the deep. And so you have to start being able to extrapolate that the same God that lets you do things on the shallow end is the same God that can uphold you on the deep end. That's when you're okay with stepping out of the boat because you're like, I don't have to worry about if I'm stepping into something new because water walking is a new realm. It wasn't just a new experience. It is not humanly possible on this earth because of gravity. And I'm a biochemistry major. I can tell you that is not possible. (laughs) That is not possible. That's another realm of being on this earth. Well, that's the thing. God wants us each as believers to be on another realm on this earth. We are not just to be like everybody else. When you say something, it should be in heaven as on uh, in earth as on heaven. You should be able to start connecting with God on a way that allows you to be able to do things that look impossible to people. Oh, now, it snap. may be water you're walking on. It may be a situation you're walking on, but it's deep. It's something that doesn't look like something you should be able to stand on top of. And I think that is the thing that that really hits me with rest because, you know, if I'm trying to, if I'm in deep water and I feel like I'm in trouble and Jesus reach out his hands to me, if I'm fighting and I'm flailing and I'm throwing my arms around, I'm not getting any support. I've got to be able to be in a calm enough state to be able to take his hand and go to wherever he's taking me to. Right. So rest right. isn't just about, you know, laying our bodies down. Sometimes rest is about letting God lift you up and being able to understand that you can't go any higher than your, than your energy and your capacity. And so you can keep burning in at both ends, call, you know, calling yourself a martyr for everything you're doing. But is that honoring God? And is it really pulling out the best in yourself? Because to pull out the best in yourself means you're going to have to depend on him at a level that you didn't used to do. And it's going to be at that water walking level where it seems like a new realm. You know, one thing I, I hate and I know people say this because they, they're in their mind. They're like, I want to be ready. I want to be ready for whatever God calls me to do. 
you won't feel ready for this. Ah. He feels ready to walk on. Wait, wait, wait. Say, say, no, no. Say that again. Uh -uh. Let say, because they need to hear that part. Say that part again. You're not gonna feel ready. So get that mindset out of your mind. This is the thing. Do not try to feel ready. Try to be prepared. Try ah. to get yourself spiritually, mentally, emotionally prepared for whatever God's down, calling you to do. Right because that down. Ready is, a, ready is a lie. It's a myth. You're not gonna feel ready. Ready, you feel ready then it's all about hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because <laughs> I mean, Lord Jesus. Okay, so ready is a myth. Love that. Ready is a myth. <laughs> and instead of looking for a feeling of feeling ready, look for being prepared. Yeah, get prepared. Yo. Do the work to be prepared. Because this is the thing, when God opens a door, and I've seen this in my own life, and I thank God for TJ, because let me tell you, you wouldn't have heard me up here. I was like this little mousy person. I'm like, nobody wants to hear what I got to say. I'm a nerdy scientist. Nobody wants to hear what I got to talk about rest. This is not, I mean, I spent what, like six weeks? Was it eight weeks? I don't six. even remember how long. <laughs> you had, a, you like had a and they didn't do anything, and you spent six weeks with me and ended up booking yourself like six times. It's six times in two weeks. That's what your testimonial said. That's what it was. Yes. Oh, it was crazy. It yeah. was crazy. But it was one of those things where I, that is when I started seeing this in, kind of work out in my own life. Mm -hmm. I kept saying, God, I want to feel ready. I want to feel like I'm prepared to be on TV or I want to feel like I'm prepared to be on the TEDx stage. or I want to feel like I'm ready to do this or do that. And it finally got to a point. If you feel ready, it's all you. I hope y'all because I you know I'm trying to just stay in the moment, so I'm not taking notes. I'm just so y'all gotta be taking notes and putting them in the chat for me. She said, if you feel ready, it's all you. Yeah, no, that, that because ooh, that, if it's God, you're not gonna feel ready because yeah. he's too much, he's too big, he's too much bigger than we are. His thoughts are way much further than ours, and he's gonna ask you to do stuff you didn't even thought about doing. And so by the time he presents the opportunity to you, you can't be talking about, well, God, I don't feel ready. This is the Kairos moment. You step into that thing prepared because you've done the work ahead of time for whatever God's going to do. And the number one work is being so tight, so abiding with him that if he says you can do it, you don't even you don't even question it. You're like, yep, we sure are. Here we go. <laughs> Hold on, Dr. Sandra. Patrice, I just sent you her link. I forgot to send you the link because I only can paste on Periscope, my Facebook group, and YouTube. I need you to copy the link I just sent you in the messenger to post it in the personal Facebook thread. Okay, so go check your go check your uh, messages, Patrice. Go ahead, Dr. Sandra. My bad. Go ahead. Oh, I was done. I <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was turning so, it back to you. Can, well, no, no, uh-uh. You ain't getting that easy. Come on now. You ain't dropping these. So talk, talk to them, Dr. Sandra, a little bit. I know you can't go into detail, but talk to them about, and again, her book is called Sacred Rest. Talk to them a little bit about the different types of rest. You, you, talked, you, you touched on it, but mm -hmm. can you just go a little bit deeper so that they have a comprehension of yeah. what you mean? Well, the seven different types, the, the three that most of you probably have heard of are the physical, mental, and spiritual. Mm -hmm. And then the four that are lesser known, but that kind of came out in the research are emotional, social, sensory, and creative. Now okay. the physical, you know, that's, well, it's divided up in two parts. You have the passive, which is sleeping and napping. And then you have the active part of physical rest, which has to do with relaxing the muscles and your circulation and your lymphatics. So that's where you get into things like leisure walking and stretching. 
uh, anything really that helps your muscles relax and your body to stay loose. Mm -hmm. Then you have the mental part of rest. That's getting your mind to quiet. You know, um, the mind is almost like an unruly child. You have to tell it what it's going to do. Otherwise, it'll just start going down negative paths and negative thought patterns and all sorts of stuff. You have to get it back into obedience. Mm -hmm. And so there's a there's a process of doing that. And if you're someone who, you know, you lay down at nighttime and your head's kind of taking you all places and checking off your to do list and you can't turn it off, then that can be a mental rest deficit. It's a sign mm -hmm. that the mind hasn't is basically controlling you. It's telling you where it's going to go instead of you directing it back and being able to get it to a quiet place. Spiritual rest is all about relationship. It is not about religion. You know, um, I have so many pastors that when I do this talk with churches, they'll then they take my quiz. They'll say, oh, well, my spiritual rest score is higher than I thought it would be, meaning that I'm needing more spiritual rest. Mm -hmm. Well, this is the thing. There's a difference between studying the word of God, doing Bible study and devotions and having a relationship with God. Now, mm -hmm. not to say that pastors don't have a relationship, but the problem is in the process of bringing a word and studying the word, they break away from that lover aspect of God, that closeness, the abiding part. And we have to understand that that's just as important. We can't always be in a situation where we're going to God for something. God, I need an answer. God, I need a word. God, I need this. Sometimes we just need to go and lay on his chest and stay there for a moment. Oh, wait, hold on. No, 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 no. I need that visual to just sit because that was you. I'm a visual person. I, I see images. And so just even that you just need to go lay on his chest, like with your you know, mouth. Baby, chill, <laughs> just curling up on the, on, on my daddy's chest. Yo, yeah. that's a with your mouth closed, visual. not asking, not asking God, I need this. God, this needs to happen. God, help me with this. Because that's what most of us do. And I don't have anything against prayer. Prayer is needed, obviously. But we have to be able to get back to intimacy. Because mm -hmm. it's in that time of intimacy that we start knowing that we are loved, whether we accomplish something or not. And that is the place that we have to get back to. That is what spiritual rest is about. It's about that intimate relationship. It's what I envision was happening on that seventh day. Because God stopped everything for it. And I think of the same thing whenever I have those times of intimacy with, with him is that God has stopped everything. He is still God. Everything still operates. The world keeps spinning. The sun and moon keep doing what they do. The oceans come and go. But in that moment, he has stopped everything to let me curl up in that chair with him. Wow. Wow. Yo, I, I don't I, Anybody got questions? Because I don't even know where to go. Like, I'm still stuck at imagining myself curled up on my daddy's chest. So I, yo, uh, mm. y'all got questions for her? <laughs> I, I'm just speechless. Like, well, I'll keep going. I'll do the rest of the four. Yes, 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 yes. Awesome. And well, okay, so let me, let me, um, what I'm going to do, Patrice, hit them with the link. For them to come on if they want to and ask the question or post it in the chat. But go ahead and hit them with our normal link if they want to come on and ask her directly. Okay. Go ahead, Dr. Sandra. The next type of rest I think we're at is the emotional rest. And emotional rest is really about having those people in your life that you can take your mask off with. <laughs> I think it's 
you know, it's, and I'll use myself as an example. I think every one of us kind of has a bit of a professionalism kind of mask that we wear. If you're in a certain situation, you try to live up to whatever that role is that you are in. And the thing about that is there's a bit of, of stress that comes with not being fully authentic. And that stress is what a lot of people are living with. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, no, 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 uh-uh, uh-uh, no, uh-uh, because that was another one. Say that again slowly for the people in the back. There is a stress associated with living up to whatever expectations people have for you. So even if that's for yourself, let's say you're a professional and you're like, I got to make sure I look a certain way and do this and do that. There's a stress associated with that. And we have to be aware of it and understand that if you aren't keeping up with that, then you will keep yourself kind of under wraps. And what happens then is that you will start feeling like nobody really knows the real me. Mm. Nobody really knows who I truly am. And I think the best example of, of, of uh, the next type of rest, social rest, is and emotional rest. They kind of go hand in hand because they both deal with people. Social rest is the rest we get when we are around life-giving people. Mm. Emotional mm. rest is, is the rest we receive when we're able to be just ourselves with those people. And I think the best example would be um, with Jesus, really on the Mount of Transfiguration. You know, when we look at the life of Jesus, he had the masses. He was around all these people. He had the 12 who he who knew him deeper than the masses. Then we see episodes where he breaks away to like with these three or four. Mm -hmm. And the Mount of Transfiguration is one of those. And that is when, you know, the, the sky opens, Holy Spirit, you know, God speaks down and he tells everybody in the in the in the spot who he is and they get a fuller revelation of who Jesus is over everybody. Well we every every person in leadership needs that. You need people who know who you are at the core that you're not hiding yourself from because then you don't get in a situation where you feel like nobody knows you. And then it's so and that's when you start seeing like these um celebrities when they they're committing suicide and you're thinking they had so much going on. They were so great and had so much going on and their life looked so good and all this was going on. But if, if you feel like nobody really knows you, you never feel loved. You never feel appreciated oh. in the shell and they don't see what's inside. And somebody's got to see what's on the inside. Ugly, pretty, nasty, whatever it is. Somebody's got to be able to see it. And you've got to be able to know that you're still OK and loved, even if you're a mess on the inside. And then the last two types of rest are. Uh, hold on, I'm sorry. I'm still. I'm sorry. I'm still back at. I'm. I'm still back at. There's stress uh, about when you're trying. You're living a life that's inauthentic. I, I'm still back there, like because I, I, I was. And then you were talking about being known, and I was having that exact conversation with a friend earlier today. That that's all we really ever want as humans. Mm -hmm. is to know and to be known and that feeling that comes from that is a rest and I like how you put that it emotional is. rest that is a rest when I can just be amongst people that they don't want with my inner circle that they don't want nothing from if anything they come in to pour into me yeah they're not asking for anything and they know what i need because they'll come and just sit when i lived in la because uh, you know i ain't, ain't nobody been here but my mama living in atlanta because i ain't been nowhere but in la that just knowing that my cousin would come over just to sit with me as i open mail 
She didn't we would all we would do is watch TV. We didn't have to talk. She would fall asleep for two hours. But that was what I needed. That was my rest. That was my reset. Mm -hmm. That was my recharge. I never looked at it until you started being out there talking about this. But sometimes that's better than actually sleep. Absolutely. Sleep cannot fix emotional or social rest. That that is the that is what led me on this journey. I burned out and I slept and slept and I was still burned out. And so I was like, God, there's and I was laying on the floor one day. And I was like, God, if this is as good as it gets, if this is what I've called, if this is what the world calls successful, because everybody else looking at my life was telling me how successful it was. Mm -hmm. Like, if this is what the world calls success, then I don't want it. I don't even want to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people will say, well, did you, were you suicidal? Were you depressed? Like, no, I was just done. It's like, if this is it, this isn't worth it. This isn't worth right. the time and energy. Right. And, I, and in that moment, I remember Holy Spirit kind of speaking to me, just to my heart saying, well, this is the first time you stopped long enough to ask us anything. Oh, ouch. Okay. <laughs> and that's what took me in that year of Genesis. <laughs> and from there, that's where the book and all of that got birthed from. Because I got into a point where I was doing all in my own strength. I thought every blessing had to come from the work of my own hand. And I, the thing is, I kept saying, I believe you, God. I trust you, God. But no part of my life showed any evidence of trust. It just showed work and effort. Yo, right there. Don't let our lives show just work and effort. It needs to reflect trust. Mm -hmm. Some Yo, of the biggest opportunities I've ever had have come when I did absolutely nothing. I was laid up on his chest like, God, this is Sunday and I know I need to be doing something. I know I could be doing this or doing that or pitching this or pitching that. And don't get me wrong. I pitch plenty. It's like you've got to have a time when you say this is more important because this is going to fill up and going to accomplish more than I could accomplish in my own effort. I'm sorry. I'm still stuck at you making it OK for how I articulate like, yeah, I don't really need more sleep. I need my time with my people. I need I need my time to just sit on my mama's couch, hold my mama's refrigerator door open, run my mama's air, run my mama's water bill open, sleep in my mama's bed. Yeah. It's like, that's all I really need. You know, and that makes me think about the um, one of the, the types of rest that I think that I was most surprised about was creative rest. Because creative rest is the rest that we, that we experience when we allow creation and beauty to inspire and awaken something inside of us. So many people say that they experience this like around bodies of water. If you're someone who you're around the ocean or the beach or lake or something, you're like, I don't know what it is. I just feel better when I'm in those settings or even outside, like looking at the trees or flowers. Mm -hmm. That is what creative rest looks like. And it can be it can be natural beauty or it can be man-made beauty. Some people get the same experience in the art museums mm -hmm. and to music and symphony and all of that. So you have to understand that that depending on where you're pouring out determines where what needs to be poured back in. You know, mm -hmm. when I say creative rest deficit, people think I'm talking about like artists or musicians or, you know, TV editors and people like that who are just we know are highly creative. But it also includes the person who is like a teacher having to figure out how do I create a, a visual lesson plan and an auditory lesson plan so both types of students can learn. Or a homeschooling parent at this point. Mm -hmm. It's the entrepreneur who's trying to figure out how to be innovative and stay on top of the game and think of new marketing ideas and 
all of these things. All of that's draining us in these different areas. And you have to pour back into those places where you're pouring out or they get to a point of depletion. It's fascinating because one thing I noticed, especially during the month full of TJs, that as soon as as soon as I disconnect, I get up from here, I grab my laptop, I walk to the couch, I put um, on Quantico. I mean, as soon like I'll go to the bathroom, I'll do that, but I'll just immediately is like that's all I need. I need to. I don't need to think about Jesus. I don't need to think about you right now. I need I need to see some fighting. I need to see some car explosions. I need to see uh, a car chase, a building, a folks get their head blown off. That is my that, that is like I will do that as soon as I disconnect. That's the first thing I'm going to go do, because that's what kind of brings me back to, OK, I've left from pouring out now this is what's going to reset me to, you know, some feeling of um, filling back up because I know the next day is coming. Like this, this whole assignment of you got to do this for 30 days. I'm like, tomorrow is coming. Okay, mm-hmm. that was done. Now tomorrow is coming. And that's why I told them, like, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm still above everything. And they are the ones, my teammates are the ones that have been connecting the dots for me of what I'm teaching because it's just coming to me daily and I'm not really seeing where the connections are. And mm-hmm. so, but I, you know, and now I'm even more committed to sitting and watching Quantico, but I, you know, I was like, God, am I wrong? Is this, is this weird? But I don't want to do nothing, but grab a, a cup of water and just sit and watch Quantico for the next hour and a half to two hours. And then I'll go to bed and start it all over. Uh, Instagram, this is going to disconnect. Uh, you can pick it up over at YouTube Live right now. It'll be over on YouTube. Uh, that's, it's still live. That's the thing. You can't, you know, that's, I think that's where a lot of us get it wrong because we start judging up other people's rest. Mm-hmm. How you rest and how I rest and how the next person rests can look completely different. The thing that kind of connects all of them is that you can tell when you left a moment of rest because something got restored. Ah. Don't tell me you rested if you just laid around somewhere or did nothing. Cessation of activity is not in itself rest or restful, I should say. You know, just stopping work is not always restful. It doesn't always fill you back up. So when you've done a rest, a a restful activity, it's restorative. You can tell something got poured back. You may not know what it was. You may not be able to tell me which of the seven it was, but you feel better from those moments of rest when you leave them than how you entered into them. Yeah. What was your, what uh, 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 with the journey in Genesis and, and with you writing Sacred Rest, what was the thing that you feel like changed you the most? I think the thing that changed me the most was, uh, a chapter in uh, Isaiah, Isaiah 30, 15, where it says, in returning and rest shall you be saved, in quietness and trust shall be your strength. And the last thing it says, but you would have none of it. Oh, oh. And God, and at that, when I read those words, and like I said, Holy Spirit always said, you haven't stopped long enough to ask us. And I went through Genesis, and then Isaiah was the next chapter that hit me. Mm-hmm. And it was like, stop complaining about being tired all the time. Stop complaining about not getting help that you need from from God and Holy Spirit and everybody else. Stop complaining about the blessings that have not come. There are blessings that will never come as long as you keep fighting me with them, because there are some blessings you can't walk into until you get deep enough with God that you're able to maintain them. And that deepness requires an understanding of how to pour because God's a good father. 
he's not gonna he's not gonna elevate your platform or increase your what your territory if you don't know how to restore it kill you he's not gonna do that to you so there's so many people who I feel like have so much potential and that's the I think that's the reason I'm so passionate and that's what you taught me if you have the, if you're the answer to somebody's prayer the solution to somebody's problem you have a, a responsibility. responsibility. Yes. You have a responsibility. I was so convicted because I felt like I, and, and when I was writing the book, this is the thing that God, and people always tell me, it feels like you're talking to me because when I was writing the book, I wrote that book 95% in tears oh. because I was like, I was like, God, you know, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> I don't want to tell people all my, my dirt and all my issues and all that. You know, I don't want to talk about this. I wrote that book from the most honest place I could write it. And I was like, you know, I don't want to talk about this. And every time I wanted to stop, I would see myself laying on that floor, but it wasn't me. It was different women every time. Mm. And I know these women. I've never seen these people in my life, but I would see these different people laying on the floor in the same way I was with that, that burnout, just the de defeated feeling. Mm. And it's like, you, if you need to write this or they won't make it to their next assignment. I was like, I've got, I got to. I got to keep going. Gotta keep I got to keep speaking. I got to keep getting in front of stages. I got to keep pitching to the media. I got to keep going because, uh, because every time a woman stops because she's tired, the enemy wins. That assignment oh. doesn't come to the fullness. And that's not going to be on my card when I get to heaven. It's going to be like, she did what she what she could. Yeah. That's what it's going to say. She did what she could. Wow. And Dr. Sandra, what has been, some of the feedback that has surprised you once you start really, because once you know, and I know from experience and several of the tea lights have experienced this too, is that when you first started, it's like, I don't know how this is going to be received. Like even when I started, you know, uh, August full of TJ and Jesus, I was like, y'all don't know what the heck I'm doing. Um, I don't know what to call it. Usually I'm really good at titles and all I was, all I got is August full of TJ. Then I was like, well, no, that ain't it. Cause I'm giving them TJ and Jesus. And so it felt weird starting out. What was what was like the beginning feedback from this journey that you had been on that people were telling you once you really started finding your rhythm in this? That this is for this season, at least this is what you're going to be known for. I'm the woman that it, it's all about sacred rest. Yeah. You know what? It's one of those things where I never. I've never, it's ne it was never part of my plan. Let me put it that way. I had somebody refer to me the other day as the rest doctor. I've never, <laughs> I plan, never something I ever even thought about. Mm. Like I said, for me, it was more along the lines of, and honestly, you know, the book, I write it as a physician with a scientific background, mm -hmm. but I split the book up into two parts. You know, the first part's all science and research and tactics on how to get more rest in all the areas. The whole second half of the book is spiritual. Mm. Because when I was writing it, I was like, how am I going to, you know, my publisher knows that I'm, you know, that I'm writing from a Christian standpoint, but they also expect me to write a book that the general market will accept. How, how do I even do that? You know, <laughs> and, and have it be accepted in places. Um, but God, you know, but, uh, that 50% of the book talks about Jesus and it's still it was still accepted and listed under TEDx, the title of the book up under my talk. It was still, you know, um, I didn't even pitch Fast Company. They wrote their own article about the book after they found out about it from somebody else wow. and quoted from the book. These are secular 
groups uh-huh. that don't want to talk anything about Jesus that are promoting a book that's over 50% about Jesus. Right. Simply because people are burned out and tired. You right. know, what I, what I really showed me was there are no limits. We put the limits on. We put the brakes on. Mm-hmm. You know, we feel like if we do this, then God won't open. If we talk too much about Jesus, then our corporate clients won't hire us. That's a lie. I haven't had more corporate speaking in my life. And every day I post something about Jesus on my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can't find me without me talking about it. Because when I talk about emotional rest, it is inauthentic for me not to talk about him. And so I'm not going to be kept up in that anymore. So see y'all, see, 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 that's what I'm saying. And I've been saying, and uh, uh, Dr. Sponge, you, you know this about me. I can't talk about media and Jesus ain't going to be slipped into the conversation. It, it'd be inauthentic of me. And that's a stress. And, you feel and that, the stress right. of trying not to be who you are. Right. And it's not, it's not worth it. Right. <laughs> it's too it much, it's not too much it. effort. It's too much effort trying to hide who you really are. Yeah. Accept how God puts you together. If you're nerdy, if you're loud, if you're quiet, whatever it is, accept how God puts you together and then figure out how to operate to the best of your ability as who you are. Yo. Woo. Okay. Let me scroll through to make sure because I think I saw Yvette. Did you have a question? Was there anybody else who have, had questions that I want to make sure I don't ignore anybody because I, I get caught up in my own world just talking to her like she just here for me. So uh, let me make sure I share. Uh, what what benefits does she take is oh Yvette is making a joke like what what okay I got you. I'm like wait what was that making a joke what benefits like you should you should you should definitely when we done Dr. Sandra go read some of the comments they are cracking me up in the chat I've been trying to post them um all uh but Tree says I will never again be inauthentic no it's too much stress it's just too much too much too much stress Dr. Sandra what is the uh the your reading plan on Version Bible app so they can have that what's the what's it called yeah. it's it's the name of the book just sacred rest it's a five-day reading plan and it'll give them a good idea because it walks through some of the types of rest so it'll give them a good idea about the different types and I think we talked about there's a free quiz I have at restquiz.com. Yeah, we've, been putting, we've been putting that all in the, oh, the chat awesome. so they're getting it. Yep, they got that. They have they know where to go. Um the, Patrice says this will be replayed until I get my book in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah I've been posting it there because they, they definitely need to to do that. Dr. Sandra can I impose on you let me give them the tea and then will you pray us out? Let me give them the tea of rest and then will you sure. Stay, stay around and play us out. All right, okay. and, and this buttons up nicely. I had no idea what Dr. Sandra was going to talk about. I mean, I step four, I know her is cigarette. I knew that part, but she just basically set us up completely um, for the T of rest. So par, uh, hop over to Mark 1 and 35. Mark 1 and 35. And then we're going to wrap this out. Uh... Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. And when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. So notice again, the routine before daybreak the next morning, Jesus went and found some solitude. 
Peter, who is Simon, they went out looking for him. Okay, hook there. Then slide over to Matthew 14 and 22. Matthew 14 and 22. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. So he gave them an order. Go on across the boat. And after sending them home, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there in solitude alone. And so notice there, they didn't say like, well, Jesus, what you going to do? How you going to get over? How long you going to be gone? They didn't ask him anything. Because by, by then I'm thinking that Jesus had established a routine with them. That's why Mark 135, they had to go looking for him. Because they knew he out somewhere praying. He out there, you know, somewhere in solitude by himself. So when you start implementing, reminding yourself that God, you know, rested, he, he stopped work. And has, as Dr. Sandra put it, man was created. And the first thing that man was doing was resting before he started working. And then Jesus took naps. The E... Peter saw Jesus establish a routine and going off into solitude. S, Peter saw Jesus stealing away for even quality time with them. And I didn't even know that that's how Dr. Sandra was going to emotional rest. We saw it when they had come back from their, their, their tour. First thing, Jesus was like, you know what? We, we need some alone time for us to download on what happened. Y'all been out there putting in the work of ministry. Now you just get to come here and just be my, my boys. And let's, let's go get a couple of fish sandwiches and some oxtails. John, you, you set up the domino table. Bartholomew, you want to play spades? Who are going to be your partner? That emotional rest, we saw Jesus steal away when he was grieving. I am a big proponent of shutting ish down when I'm hurting. And I told y'all tonight, I told you the story about me losing my daughter. I told my mother, I, I, don't, I ain't talking to nobody who has not lost a child. I'm not dealing with it. I, don't want, I, I know they love me, but I can't process their grief and the stupid stuff that they're saying to me because they're hurting and they don't know what to say. So they're saying anything. So I just need to steal away and I don't want to talk to nobody. So we got remind yourself about God and Jesus resting, establishing a routine for your own solitude. I already told y'all what will probably happen from my routine is after I do 30 days, y'all may not hear from me for a while. I may go home and sit on my mama's couch, eat my mama's food, hold my mama's refrigerator door open and let my mama keep yelling and fussing at me. And that's my restoration. And then I'm going to steal away to do, do that. Have quality time with my niece, my nephew, where I ain't got to be nothing but TT. And that leads us to the T. You got to train folks to respect your rest. That's what we saw in Mark 1 and Matthew 14. 
They knew how Jesus get down. Where Jesus, y'all know he out somewhere praying. Give him his time. We'll give him about another hour. He needs this before the crowd start figuring out where he is because they're going to be pulling on him. You got to train folks to respect your rest. My team knows when I'm down, I'm down. Don't tell me nothing. Because it's not going to be easy when people start seeing how the boundaries you're going to set up, especially after you read Dr. Sandra's book and you start looking at, this is my time of sacred rest. No, I know it'd be easy for me to just return your text, but no, I'm off the grid. My, my, my family, my team now, like you heard my mother say yesterday, when she wanted to tell me the funny story, but she told me she wasn't going to tell it. She had happened on Friday. She was like, no, I know, I know my child is preparing and studying everything. So I'll sit on this. I'll wait to tell her on Saturday because she doesn't have to teach on Saturday. That's her realizing she got to respect what I'm in. So when you start changing, folks are going to have to respect your rest. Because it's what you need to be effective for them. And I feel guilty about it. All right. That's my heart. So with that said, Dr. Sandra, will you um, you cover us in prayer on our way yes, out? Yes, happy to. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of rest. Now give us the boldness and the, and the purpose in our heart to receive it, to be able to see you in the process of resting and be able to see how you use it to help us to be able to move forward and to do all that you've called us to do. Help us to let go of any kind of perfectionist mentalities. Help us to create per healthy personal boundaries to be able to help to train people to be able to respect our rest. Help us to see what our own priorities are so that we don't get ourselves in situations where we say yes to things that we should say no to that we're able to listen wholeheartedly to your Holy Spirit, that we don't move in fear or that we don't move in the sense of loss if we say no to something, but that we can trust your perfect timing, that we can trust that you are the God who sets all things in motion and that there is no door that you open that can be shut, no door that you shut that can be opened. So help us to stop fighting with you. Help us to stop fighting against the times when you just want us to stay still and to just rest on your chest and to just know what you're saying and speaking into the moment. Help us to be able to see when you want us to move and to step out into those deeper waters. Mm. To step on those things that we do not know how to function in, but that you've already equipped us and that you have already set in place and in motion for us. Help us to no longer feel held back or bound by a need to be ready, but to know that you've prepared us that you have been doing a deep work sometimes that we don't even know that you're doing and help us to learn how to trust you more in the process and mm. the rest, God, we trust you. We have to be able to trust you to, to let go and to know that we don't have to have our hands grinding at the wheel for every blessing to come to fruition for every miracle and every promise to be seen. So show us Lord, how to just recline upon the waters with you. Show us how to step into those things that we do not understand. Show us how to move forward into things that we we have yet to see, but that we know that you are capable, that you are more than capable of doing. And in the process, God, we will rest in you. We yeah. will rest and we will rejoice because we don't have to enter in 
in fatigue and exhaustion. We don't have to go in empty. We can come in full and leave out full, and we will give you the praise and the glory the entire time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yo, tea lights. I, yo, I, Dr. Sandra, <laughs> this is so, I'm glad this is one time I'm patting my own self on the back that I heard from God and was like, okay, reach out to her. I, I know you can't give her exact day, but reach out to her anyway and see, <laughs> see if she can like just be on standby for the day that God says. Um, this has blessed me immensely. And I know it's blessed the tea lights because I can tell by the, the chat. And thank you for being obedient to the work that God had you on for that year. Um, so it, it, it has been just utterly delightful to have you with me uh, today. So with that said, let's count it down in 10, nine, eight. Y'all, I saw my studio today. I saw my studio today. I took pictures of my studio. Um, so... I, I was already on cloud nine and then there's this. So I'm I'm so freaking excited about God, what's God gonna do uh, with this studio. Um, seven, six, I don't know what we are talking about tomorrow. He ain't told me yet. Five, so y'all gonna be just as surprised as I am. Four, I love y'all. Thanks for rocking with us, sister. Three, two, one. Thanks Dr. Sandra, night, night, tea light. Thank you. Bye. Well, that's it. Hopefully you enjoyed what my TT shared with you. And like she always says, let's go out and make God smile. And don't forget to hug somebody. It's T2 Mercer signing off now. See y'all later.